I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, you're listening to the Poddington Pod, where each week we discuss the cult classic that was the Poddington Peas. Down at the bottom of the garden, among the birds and the bees, a little lot of little people, they call the Poddington Peas. There's creepy black eyed beings keep it a secret now, please. Now we're going to hand you over to the creator of the pod into pod, Peter Pease. Peter Pease, how are you? Hello, I'm very good. So, what made you? What? Well, what more importantly gave you the idea to make peas come to life in a garden? Well, I went down to the bottom of my garden and I saw the peas and I thought, oh. They would be good as children's characters. That's oh. the end of the story. Oh, oh, can you still eat peas? No, I can't eat peas. If I see the little faces, I can't eat the peas. Every time you go to eat a pea now, does like, the theme to pod into peas kick in? It does, yeah. And also when I'm having sex. Does it? <laughs> because yeah. when you're having sex, they're dead at the mm. bottom of the garden. Oh, well, it's been creepy having you on, but thanks for coming <laughs> on. Hold on a minute. This is the Poddington Podcast. This is Small Screen Naughties. <laughs> Let's go. It's small screen noise, everyone. How are we? Hello, I'm tired. It's very early. It's, it's very early. We have to it's... mention it if, if, every time we do an early one, but we it's very early. It's nine minutes past eight in the morning, people, on the Wednesday, which I think could be the worst day of the week. No, it's the middle of the week. Monday's the yeah. worst day of the week. Yeah, well, at least Monday, you know. You write off on Monday, don't you? Wednesday, you're in the middle of it, looking at both ends. Oh, that's true. It's the burning of the candles of both ends. Both. Yeah. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I can't even think of a proper analogy. Yeah, but but what's Chris been up to? What have you been up to, man? I did a gig in Wade on in... last Friday. Wade, tell them about it. Well, it was all right. I got to Sturry, 
got yeah. to the train, got to the train station, waited for a bus. Said the man, "Is where's this bus?" He went, "Oh, it's just down there." I thought, "There's not. There's no bus down there." I found a bus driver that came past. He went, "Yeah, mate, it's the other side of the road." So I was calling that bloke the c word, going, "He's told me the wrong way. He's, there's no bus. There was one down there. The wrong way to Wade." Yes. <laughs> Go. I know exactly the bus stop you're on about as well, at the bottom of Sturry Hill. There's about three, isn't there? There's, there's, there's about three. <laughs> it's like, well, if you, if you live here, then it's fine. But I, I have no idea. Anyway, that wasn't my problem. The problem was on the way back getting the bus, it was five minutes late, and getting to the level crossing, just as my train pulled in. Oh, and there's man. no way of getting to the other side of the station. I was like, oh, what am I going to do? And uh, ended up leaving my bag on the bus. And the lady got off the bus and said, your bag's on here. And I said, oh, that's the last of my problems. I've just lost my train. It, it's... Did you miss your last train out? I did, yes. Man, you're so... not lucky with public transport. <laughs> I don't think any comedian on the circuit misses as many trains <laughs> as you do. Like, man, that's... Oh, and seeing it pull away from the other side. Well, did... do you do you go for the... <laughs> Do you go for the second to last one or the last one? Always go for second to last one. Oh, all right. That's why I should do a final one. This is your problem. <laughs> <laughs> especially buses, mate. They don't care. They go where they want. Well, then I rang my mate up, Ben, and said, uh, are you working in Canterbury tonight? He's like, no, I'm at home. Uh, Can you pick me up? He's like, yeah, if you give me a tenner, I'll, go, I'll come and get you. It's like, all right. So he, he drove me back to the station in Ashford and I got my bike. Hooray. That ain't bad for a tenner. That's probably worked out better for you in the long run. It probably did. Why don't you just ring Ben in the first place? <laughs> Give him a plug. I, I did. I was like, come on, Ben taxis. Do you want to me up? Mate, there's nothing and, worse than missing that train. And last night, I got left early, got an earlier train and got home about half past ten. And was like, yes, living the dream. When the universe works, it works amazingly. Did you have a good gig both times? I did, yes. Last night, everyone kept saying it was very quiet. Uh, like, well, it was all right. What, it what your, yeah. your performance, the room? <laughs> yeah, no, the my performance music. was very loud because yet, yet again, for the third time, I ended with the Hokey Cokey. Well, yeah, I, I've heard rumbles of you ending with the Hokey Cokey. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, how's that been going for you? Well, last night wasn't as good. They were sitting around going, is this going to end? So you put your left leg in, yeah. your right leg out, in, yeah. out, in, out, and then you shake it all about. That's That sounds like a good ending. So you actually did a full-on hokey-cokey? I did. It was... Some some people were saying it was a tough gig. This is my tough gig. What would other people say? No, that's what we're reviewing today, aren't we? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So, oh, so... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to ask me about my week. Oh, sorry. Right. Yeah, go on then. What have you been doing? That, absolutely amazing. I did a rehearsal for my show Adder on my own, which was quite weird. In in like in a rehearsal room, I'm just running through it to myself, and I can say it looks pretty good. To get tickets on the 23rd and 24th in Faversham. Come see me at the Arden. Oh, what? It was an actual rehearsal. You're not just calling a gig that no one turned up to a rehearsal. No, it was an actual rehearsal of going, I need to do this properly. Things are going to happen soon. I want it to oh, be you're... tight. That's ours. You're going to get a, a director next, aren't you? No, not, not as yet. I don't know, though, with directors. It's it's a weird one. If you need one, then brilliant. But I don't think it... I don't know how you direct stand-up, right? too direct on the show. 
There is literally nothing to direct on it. But then again, right. if I was to do something that he needed one, I'd have one. It's... Well, when you get on stage, stand here, and then yeah. do that bit, and then do the next bit, and then do the next bit after that. There you go. That's some good now give me some, Yeah, now give me some money. Oh, no. I've directed it. Wow, that feels like I have just had a tough gig. Hi, I'm Dara O'Brien. I've been doing stand-up comedy for many, many years, but I've never played to a crowd like this. Fantasy role players, ordinary people who think Lord of the Rings was a documentary. And in a few days, I have to perform in front of a crowd of goblins, orcs, and elves. Hello, fantasy role players! This is my tough gig. So, if you, the listeners have not watched Top Tough Gig from the Noughties, it was a series of uh, shows where comedians would go and have a gig in a place where they wouldn't usually gig. And uh, I love this. When I first watched it, I wasn't a comedian, and now I am. I was like, but when he it was back, you think it, did it make you want to be a comedian? Is that is that what you're saying? Is that what you're telling the listeners? <laughs> no, I'm just gigging sitting... with all those orcs made me, me want to go out there. And in some no, ways, I... that's the most over audiences look. I was sitting in dread, going, he kept going, in a couple of days, I've got to go out and perform to them. And I was like, oh, no, no, <laughs> we had to <die> my ass. <laughs> but did part of you, like, watch it and think, oh, that'd be awesome? I did, yeah. If I was, I probably would have. It's it's quite, I think it's just, uh, they should have called it home ground, because if you just make fun of them, then you've won already. Go, home oh, ground. Yeah. Well, it all depends, like, on on that. I think we've all tried that tactic once in our life, and it's not come off well. Or getting the name of the town wrong. Or getting the name of the town wrong. Told the guy last night, it's called Rootum. And he went, is it Rotham or Rootum, when he came on stage? I said, I told you it was Rootum before he went on. Did he call it Rotham? Yeah, he did, yeah. Mate, that's a weird move. And in Wade, everyone just kept coming up to me and going, so, what is like the shitty town around here? I was like, well, is it is it Rochester? I was like, yeah, if you want, or Chatham, or Ashford, or, or Maystone. I think Chatham's the the go to, isn't it? Yeah, I think Rochester's a bit more. I don't know. It looks beautiful from the station. It's got a cathedral. It's got a cathedral. But if we've learned anything, that don't make it a great town. It's a, uh, yeah, what is a shit town? There's another podcast. No, we're not doing AMJ and Barnsley's shit town. Just, just go around going on and, and interviewing people. Why is this town shit? What, did Mark still do that already? He goes around towns. and, and he, he did. I realised that seconds after it came out of my mouth. Does a gig and then he does uh, material on that place, which is basically what Dara did. Yeah. Uh, let's just say he was brilliant. He was. At the beginning, I didn't think they're going to have a sense of humour. They were taking it really seriously. Well, I think with something like that, you've got to get in it. You've got to get in the mode and enjoy it and take it a bit seriously. Have you ever played Laser Quest? Yes, when I was now, little. Well, I always thought, like, two minutes, this would be a bit of fun. And, like, ten minutes in, I've convinced myself I could be in the army. <laughs> so I completely get it, 100%. 100%. I know exactly. It's like if I play a video game, I'm not just using Spider-Man as an avatar. I am Spider-Man. That's me. Even now when I walk out of I films. The adder. Tickets on sale now. <laughs> Plug. 
even now, if I walk out of a film, I feel like I'm the character when I walk out the cinema. And this is going to be fun for the listener. What's the last film you saw? Ant Man. <laughs> I felt like I was one of the characters from Ant Man. I can't say <laughs> who it was because it was a spoiler. <laughs> you what? You were going to say Empire of Light or something? Oh, <laughs> I, I thought I was the projectionist in Empire of Light. <laughs> well, you can say what? It's not a spoiler, was it? Who did you? Now this is going to say more about you than, than anything. Who are you in Ant Man? No, I can't. No, I can't say. It is a spoiler. Is it? Is right? Because come on, this is going to say so much more about you. Hang on, we do a chat of bits. Hang on a minute, I'll just send it to you. No, no, no. Well, you, you can, it's not a spoiler. How I felt like... Oh, don't say that. I'm going to say Mordok or something like that. Um, that's why... oh, anyway, man. you're going to have to edit that out. I didn't expect you to say that. No one goes for the end credit bits. <laughs> you kept saying to me that you know. Go on, just say it. Have you seen it then? Of course I've seen it. Oh, good. <laughs> Because I might have just bought it for you. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, of course. Uh, I, I, but I generally think I'm the lead character. I'm, I'm going to be, I, I felt a little bit like Ant-Man. But then at times a little bit like Catan. No, it, it's only because our cinema, the pitch house, looks a bit like the <laughs> from when you walk out of it. <laughs> You're going to have to edit a lot. Okay. Yeah, anyway, can we, can we have stuff we can use? Especially, especially with our base of listeners, nerds, a lot of them. So there's a 33-page rule book. Yes. And number seven is, oh, don't take the piss, <laughs> which I think should be in every rule book. Well, I think that's quite a good rule to have. They have a 35-page rule book covering the fighting, the magic, and most importantly, rule number seven. Yeah, don't take the piss is known as the most important rule of laughing. It's known as rule seven. Um, so if somebody says, oh, yeah, and that might very well break Rule 7, um, they generally think that whatever you want to do may well take the piss and probably not a good idea to do it in the first place. And uh, is that a right time to point out that we have an exclusive interview with yes. the head, the guy who owned that company, fellow comedian and legend that is Mr Steve Bradshaw Balding. And got a quick lesson in magic. Are they yours? Can I explain to you? Uh, yeah, that I tear them and then go... You, you tear it as you do your thing. So yeah. as you're casting, it's the bit that is... Your power is waning by the fact that you've lost one of these bits of paper. Okay, so you're cool. caught by the power of whatever your deity is. And fear then, level, and, whatever your fear. Okay, then it all kicked off. Okay, three, two, one, we are timing! Good, well, I was going to say good evening, then. Why am I saying good evening? So, we've got an interview. We've got an interview on small screen naughties. And who have we got an interview with? Who have you got an interview with? Who have I got? It's, it's Mr. Steve Baldwin. How are you? All right, Adam. How are you doing, buddy? I am really good. It's great to see you, man. Uh, as you know, we did Tough Gig this week. Okay. Uh, and uh, I thought, you know what? I recognise that man. Me? On tough gig. There we were. I had more air in them days. You did have more air in them days. <laughs> not so not did lot. I. Not a lot, but there you go. <laughs> and uh, I just thought I'd ask you a few questions what it was like to experience tough gig. It, it was brilliant. We got this completely out of the blue. Um, we've been running uh, the live action role play. Uh, a group called Skullduggery Larp, uh, still running now. Lovely bunch of blokes running it. I've lost touch with them, but they're still doing it. Um, and out of the blue, we got uh, a message from Channel Four. Uh, we're making a program, Tough Gig. They explained exactly what it was all about, and then said, 
Dara Breen would like to come and do that with you. Nice. How do you feel about that? We're like, oh, Dara Breen's going to come and play our game. So it's so like, yeah, fantastic. We were a little bit worried at first because we'd had some other TV coverage with the delights of Richard and Judy, um, who <laughs> did their thing, sent some bloke dressed like a, uh, a poor nativity pixie, who, I can't even remember his name, he left such an indelible blank on my head. Um, Are you still working now? I, I, oh, I don't think so, I haven't seen him on TV since the 80s, but anyway, um, he showed up, had some fun, cut back to the studio where Judy Finnegan says, oh, they're idiots. And oh, that's where she left it. And it just like left everybody feeling a bit, oh, great, you just took the mickey out of people doing something a bit different. Um, so when they said, you want to come and do this, we were a little bit reticent about it. Uh, they gave us loads of assurance that it was going to be done in all the best possible taste. And it was. He was fantastic to work with. He just really got into the game. Uh, really was a nice bloke just, just mucked in had a laugh um, was a fish out of water that he just didn't have a clue what he was meant to be doing yeah um, but just played along and it was just a really really good weekend it was probably one of the best weekends and of course at the end of it bonus in the middle of the forest they set up a, a stage and he, he did a gig back about us he'd spent the, his evenings writing material and did a gig back to us about us, and it, yeah, absolutely brilliant. Really there was good. such a great energy in watching it back. Like everyone was like really loving it, and he, it seemed like watching it that he had a really good gig. Did he have a good gig? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, what you what you see if you're talking about the gig at the end? Yeah, exactly. The response he got, the atmosphere was exactly what you see on the telly. It was it was exactly that. Um, what was lovely about it, it is a it, live action role play is a, is a unique thing anyway, but um, when it was when it's done, people people are out you know in their using their imaginations. They're out of the, the the box that says, "Oh, we're worried about the mortgage, or we're worried about work, or we're worried yeah. about this." All you're worried about is like, "Oh, the goblin's going to take over the world," <laughs> and in amongst this as well, you know, there's this fantastic comedian. Who, like any good comedian, you know, he's very professional, but at the same time, he's just a funny bloke. He was just coming out with some really witty stuff through the weekend, adding to it. One of the beauties of Skullduggery, or certainly when we ran it then, was it wasn't, we were aware that what we were doing was fantastical. At the end of the day, no matter how realistic you want to make it, you run around the woods dressed in curtains with a rubber sword. That's a dream. You, you've got to see <laughs> for some it is. And it, it, you've yeah. just got to not take it seriously, you yeah. know. And so it had a, a comical humour, and everyone, you know, everyone was, uh, any weekend event was always up for a laugh, no matter how mm. drastic the story was. And it just added to it. It just really, really added to it. The production company, they were, they were brilliant. The, the, the people who were running it, they were, they were great. Yeah, it was, it was a fantastic weekend. Very lucky opportunity. Yeah, it, it really seemed like he loved it as well. Like I think we watched a few for the podcast, and I think out of all of them, Dara generally seemed like he was having a good experience. But I think anyone I've ever known to do any like role play or stuff like that, has always loved it. I don't know anyone who's gone away to do anything like that who's ever come back and went, oh, that was shit. Do you know, do you know what? He, he brought out a book shortly afterwards, the Tickling the English. Yeah. Um, and it's his, his stories of him you know, being all over the country. But he wrote in there quite a chunk of one of the chapters 
about his experience with us. Oh, nice. Now, for him to, and, and spoke very, very yeah. fondly and kindly of not just us, but his opinion of LARPers. Um, he, he said it in his gig that, uh, you know, you guys are definitely nerds, but you're my kind of nerds. <laughs> we used that as a tagline for, for quite a while. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it is, I forget what's going with that. Remind me what I was saying. What was I saying? We about were that? talking about the book. The book. And the Dara book. read something Sorry, in the, the book. book. He did write a book. Um, <laughs> did I mention he wrote a book? Um, but he, he wrote, in, in the chapter, that he, you know, the bit that he wrote about us, he wrote very fondly and, and spoke very nicely about people like LARPers. I mean, that is the point of what Tough Gig was about, is that comics were stuck in a, in a weird yeah. you know, thing for them to do. You know, this isn't how you normally spend your weekends. And it is, it is a... a, a a small bunch of people, you know, yeah. you know, even if you sell these huge events that have like 2,000 LARPers playing at, that's still a small event, yeah. you know, on a national scale, you know, when you look at comics like Peter Kay filling the O2, like however mm. many nights a week or whatever with, with the numbers he's doing. But for a small number of people, it is, you know, they are unique people, but they are lovely to a man. At the end of the day, as he says, you know, I mean, it's a strange thing to do, but at, at the end of the day, is it any stranger than watching Coronation Street? Is it any stranger than watching 22 men kick a pig's bladder around a field? Well, it, it, you know, it, it, a lot of people might say, yes, it is, but yeah. <laughs> no, it probably is. But it's, you know, it's, it's a nice release. It's a great hobby. It's, you know, it's fantastic. And then just to have someone like him then, then go and praise it and praise the people that do it and speak so fondly and clearly had such a good time with it yeah it's fantastic we saw him again actually did you um, yeah uh, short, again shortly afterwards he appeared at the Marlow in Canterbury oh nice and we booked the front row uh, so all, all, all the people that go or a lot of the people that go to the Skullduggery events we took the front row up and uh, he played an elf called Morgan Fairchild <laughs> he called himself Morgan Fairchild <laughs> brilliant um and of course, spent the weekend wearing rubber elf ears, and somebody yeah. threw a couple of them up onto the stage, and he sort of like stopped the show for a minute when he realised what it was. He called for the house lights to go up, and realised we were there. Stood and chatted to the guys at the front row for a while, picked the rubber ears up, stuck them on his ears, and finished the gig with them on as well. So it wasn't a thing that just he just threw away that weekend. He remembered us and kept yeah. us in mind. Oh, that's lovely. That speaks so highly of him as well, isn't it? Just to be nice bloke. That guy, nice bloke. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad that you didn't have a tough gig. On tough I gig. didn't have a tough gig. I didn't at all. I didn't. He does other things as well, apparently, as well as doing uh, coming to our life. Apparently, he does a couple of programmes on the TV as well. Does he? I'm, I'm, I'm not seeing much. I'm not a big fan <laughs> of the telly. Uh, Steve Baldwin, been an absolute pleasure. There Always a pleasure talking to you, my man. Well, uh, I will speak to you soon. Chris, back over to you. It's a sound weird in the actual podcast because we haven't edited this in. But in your own head... Even ignore that, Chris. I'm going to say that again. This is going to sound weird in the podcast because we haven't edited the play. This is going to sound weird in the podcast because we haven't edited the bit back in when I hand over to Chris. So if you are hearing this, just pretend in your head that I have. But he hasn't. But I haven't. I haven't. <laughs> so so this is going to sound very eggy, more eggy if he's left in me stuttering over two lines, which are very easy to get. But once again, thank you, Steve. Thank you, my man. There we go. What a lovely interview. I haven't heard until I edit it. That, that's good, that, isn't it? I mean, we got so much out of him. <laughs> we better do. <laughs> we better do. If not... <laughs> so, uh, 
Yeah, so that was handy to have that, weren't it? Let's just hope every program happens to have someone we know really well as part of it. So they have they have a bar, yeah, and a bro- and a brothel, yeah, as you do. I don't think it's a real brothel, Chris. Oh, I didn't see didn't see Dara going in the brothel. Oh, well, you couldn't miss him going in the brothel. Would you have a have a weekend of this? I, I would. It did look look fun. Do you know what? There is a. I found out the other day that there is well the other a few months ago there is actually a comedian Dungeons and Dragons group. I w- I've been asked to write a a D and D as they call it thing, and I I thought it'd be fun. <laughs> <laughs> I've been asked to write one. But I want them to know on mine's going to be funny. It's going to be. I'm not taking it seriously. It will be a funny one. <laughs> I don't want them all gagging up on me and kicking me out of the dungeons group. I don't think they've got the strength to kick you out. Sorry, that's that's a stereotype. <laughs> but also, would you do it as Trevor? Would it be like Trevor as the Goblin? Hello, right? Like it might. That. It might be. I thought maybe a Holy Grail one would be quite good to do. Maybe we should do one. Maybe that should be. Oh no, I shouldn't have said it now. <laughs> Then I, I'm just really intrigued because I've never known anyone do one and not go. That's great fun. I've delved into the culture. I've been to a comic book convention dressed as Batman. No, it's not Dungeons and Dragons, though, is it? It is. It's the same thing. It's it not is. the same thing at all. Go dressed as Batman. Yeah, that picture I show in, the, in my set, that is actually me dressed as Batman with Catwoman and <laughs> the Scarecrow. And that picture got put onto notwritingthehead.com on Facebook, which my friend showed me with the tagline, The Dork Knight. Was like, <laughs> oh, oh, thank you. <laughs> That's why Trevor was in the Edinburgh show, The Dork Knight Rises, because I was like, all right, I'm having this. It's a bit arse, it. it is. It's a bit arse then to go like, let, let people just do what they want. You don't need to okay. pass judgment. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. 
Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Got it. My highlight of the episode is Strike, where he goes, I'm Strike. And then Dara's like, out of character, what's your name? I'm Gary from Medway. <laughs> <laughs> what is your name? When I'm Strike. Strike. Okay, uh, out of character for a second. So what is your name? My name's Gary. Hi, you, Gary. Gary, where are you from? Uh, I'm just from up the road in Medway Towns. It's about 40 minutes up the road. I think that's the thing, though, isn't it? When you're out of character, just how it changes dramatically. But <laughs> it looks like great fun. I did see it and think, I'd have a slice of this. It's very serious in the RAC. What? Are you very serious about the RAC? I can't make that bit. That's a great note. The closest I've got to this is going to Hastings at, as a child and we had to recreate the Battle of Hastings and I got told off for drop-kicking someone. When you say... Uh, well back, well back, Sailor. Right. <laughs> when you say you went to Hastings to recreate yep. the Battle of Hastings, was that yep. a family trip? or was it something No, it was, it was a school trip. With We had to make our own swords and then we had a fight and then they were saying, we're, doing, we're, taking it, we're, we're being too violent with each other. Of course, like, who, who was your teacher? You Mrs. Payne. Mrs. Payne, yeah, and people felt it that day. <laughs> there she was. That's that's her name. <laughs> that's what... But also, like, you give a kid a ruler and, like, you can see carnage. It sounded like the comic relief quote. If you give exactly. a kid a ruler... <laughs> You'll see carnage. I, I once uh, saw a child make your key ring into a throwing star and throw it at a kid, and at that time thinking, that is that is the next level. They're watching too much Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. They are indeed. It was just a thing, you know, when you see it and go, oh, that's an accident report. I just had a really bad thing of thinking, is this recording? Yeah, it is recording. It, it best, at this hour in the morning. <laughs> but, like, it is recorded. Why did Dara have to tell them he was an atheist? There was no reason for it. Just go along with it, Dara. You don't have to be like with Brian Cox all the time. Atheism is a weird one, isn't it? Like because people who are atheists love it, mm. and and it's a weird thing. It's going. I'm mixed. I don't. I don't know what's there. Like I, I'm just a human. I, my mind's obviously not going to be compatible with something that's created the universe. I don't have that power and logic inside me. But there's just a gift in it for some people. Feel the need to tell people, and especially if you ever witnessed it, where someone's found great com- comfort in religion. And someone needs to tell them there isn't any God. Yes. <laughs> what, like, like what's going to happen in that person's mind of going, oh, what, really? I hadn't thought of that. Oh, bless. I think Basically atheism, ruin their day. Yeah, ruin their day. Well, first of all, I pick up these apples that have gone out of date and now there's no God. What next? So I right, believe what you want to believe. Just don't need to tell people that there isn't. Kind of people that raise their kids that there isn't any Father Christmas. It was all going well until I let slip that my character is an atheist. Here's that rare thing. An elf who does not exist. He doesn't believe in the existence of the gods. Yeah, I'm not really a big man for the god. Oh, that didn't go down well. So they tried to convert me to their god, Elm. By the power of Elm, bless level four. By the power of Elm, bless level four. Shut. Ow, what? Hey, what? Go away, what? My blade is not... You're uninjured. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I am. Yeah, okay. Such is the fire bill. Right. Yeah, I accept I'm uninjured. Yeah. 
I mean you no disrespect. Find Elm quickly. I possibly made an error by cracking some joke about the non-existence of the gods and how evolution and we're all like orcs really and, and they all took that way too seriously and I've actually gotten into trouble a couple of times people have been a bit tense around me uh, about that like well tonight I won't mention the non-existence of God uh, I will dedicate all the jokes to Elm uh, and to the green man and wh whomever I also like the time phrases when they go time phrases something bad has just happened Dara has just told one of the Christians that there's no God and scene <laughs> <laughs> I really did. No God, what? Oh man! I can explain something that's just happened to you all. Right, time freeze. You all collectively um, feel this sudden unsettling feeling in you, as if someone's just walked over your grave. There's something very, very wrong that's just occurred, and each one of you feels that. I said that makes sense. I'm going to time you in. In three, two, one. Time in. It, it was just great to see Dara Brian. Again, like, I haven't seen him much recently on stuff. He used to be on everything, and now he's kind of taken aback of it. Oh, I ruined my joke that we can do at the beginning. Well, you could edit it in. <laughs> we're going to go, we're doing Dara Brain's best show. It's Dara Brain's Go 8 Bit. Great show, that. Oh, it's no Games Master, is it? Oh, nothing is. Unlike Mordok, who looked very much like Games Master. No, he, he, he didn't. He did. He did. No. <laughs> I, I, I love that the whole of the room was just looking at what is this? And then just thinking, this is amazing. They, they've brought back a character that is impossible to render. It looks like Krang. It looks like Krang. But but didn't think, do you know what? Maybe make his head smaller. Maybe don't make it look like it's been on Photoshop. But this isn't about Ant-Man, Quantumania. Great film. No, it's not. People want to go into it cold, and you keep talking about Murdoch. Murdoch. That's, Murdoch. that's, a, different, that's a different film, mate. Or as I said the other night, um, Ant-Man and the Wasp, uh, Quadrophenia, where Ant-Man goes down the to Brighton and shags Ledley Ash down the oh, next to a wall. It'd be a very different film. You haven't seen Quadrophenia, then? I have seen Quadrophenia. Oh, OK. Phil Daniels dies at the end on a scooter. So, no, you can't, no, you can't say that. Mate, there's no spoilers <laughs> in bloody Quadrophenia. It was released in the 70s. There's no one sitting there. Everyone, who, every mod has watched it, unless there's someone dressed in a mod, pretending to be a mod, who said he's watched it and isn't. Right, there are people who pretended to be in new, into new metal in the noughties. What do you think of them editing Roald Dahl? Oh, yeah. You've got this gift now, Chris. You, you turn it around, like we have like a light-hearted conversation, <laughs> and then you throw it into like, what do you think about them editing rolled out? I think, as well, like, I just don't. We're living in an era where people are nicer to each other. I think, generally, people are better to people than they were. But it is the original text, and if you did it with any other kind of, if you did it with like Shakespeare or something, there'd be uproar. Yes, yeah, Shakespeare. Forsooth, I will download this video to the TikTok. What? <laughs> <laughs>
It makes no sense. I just don't. I think kids are a lot smarter than people give them credit for sometimes. And I think it's really stupid to get rid of the word fat and the word like that. It's not a nice word, but... Do you know what I contribute this to? What? The Snyderverse. Now there's going to be two versions of Roll Down. Have you heard the proper version or have you have you heard the, <laughs> the new one? I love the idea of that. I, I just, I don't know what I think about it. I think there's other books out there as well that have been written recently in the decade that would have the language of the decades in that yes. they could read to their kids. Some of those books were written in like the 70s, I think. So obviously the language is going to be different and a bit more, dare I say, tasty than it is today. <laughs> I just think it's a silly thing. They, they might start doing it at Disney next. I think it's already happened with some Disney films they've edited. They put the warning at the beginning, didn't they? Warning, you may be offended. There'd be no crows in Dumbo. So... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's 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 not right. So, so we've got a point. Like, what what do you yes, think about it? What do you think about it? About what? About rolled out. Oh, sorry. Yes. Uh, I think you should keep it as it is because that's that's his novels and that's what he wrote. So, just you have to keep it like that. If you don't like what he's written, then don't read them. But also, it gives them a talking point to the kids. Yes. And if you're a good parent, you can then go, oh, yeah. actually. Don't say that word. That word is used in the wrong way at that time. I just don't think we should. It's it's just a weird one. It's almost like it's there to make news. And who's doing? Who's going over every old album and changing it word for word? I like the idea of that. Like the intern, right? First job, first day here, mate. At Puffin. As I did my joke on the internet, uh, they have already been rewritten, and they're yeah. called David Walliams Gangster Granny. <laughs> yeah, he loves it, doesn't it? I've never read what a David Williams book since I was 30. He's 36, and I'm uh, 30. Uh, no, no, no. Well, he did a, he did a, we're going to explain, he did a gig at the end. They're all yeah. out of character. He did loads of in-jokes to them, and then he got off. Well, he, he was great, I think. Did, I think did he you... Did what he wanted to do. Did you watch the Frank Skinner one again? I, I didn't watch it back. I, I remember watched it. a bit of it, but I don't remember it being as good as the Dara O'Brien one. Oh, I remember. When we talked about this, we said that then after this came the game show with... <laughs> you can tell I'm trying to work out what I'm about to say, because I'm talking like this. Oh, what was it called? Oh, shit, even I can't remember what it's called now. A sip of tea at this moment. <laughs> this, this, this um, is having a breakdown. Not Show Me the Funny. Was that was it, what it's called? Yeah, it was Show Me the Funny. Yeah, they, they did exact, almost exactly the same thing, which was they got our comedians to go and go to a place, do tasks basically during the day and then do a gig at night there's a great Stuart goldsmith story on that of that he was like right i'm ready to leave i'm leaving and he phoned up his brother to say right i'm leaving and he went you can't leave he's like i'm an adult i can do whatever i want when i want and he went no if you leave they will play sad cold play music over you as you walk away and that was the <laughs> only thing that stopped him going <laughs> love Stuart goldsmith check out his new show anyone or his new stuff yeah brilliant podcaster so, uh, yeah, man, I, I just... Would you have done Show Me the Funny if it was still around? Yes, in a heartbeat. <laughs> in a heartbeat, would you? Because <laughs> soon afterwards, I gigged with Ellie Taylor at yeah. um, Dirty Dicks. She said, oh, I, I think I put on Twitter or something, I can't believe I've been on the stage with Ellie Taylor. And she went, well, I can't believe I've been on the same stage as Trevor Fieldgood. I was like, ah, oh, there we go then. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> 
and not spoken to her since. The, the carnage that had happened on the stage at the time. Like, I can't believe that I've been on the stage with this dick. Far away. She she was. It was Steve. It was Stevie Goldsmith. Stevie Stuart Goldsmith. Who's Stevie Goldsmith? Is he a tribute? Ellie Taylor. <laughs> yeah, there's like there's loads of them. Ru- was Rudy Litwood on it? Yes, who I saw last night. <laughs> and like also, Rudy's been going for a while. Yeah. <laughs> like like quite a while. So at that point, would have been quite accomplished. <laughs> this is the problem with competitions as well. They're not fairly stacked at all. No, no, they're not. Because I think so, um Ellie was on the open mic when she did it. Yeah. But that's so the problem, we, though. How, so what we're going to Sorry, man. I love the way you're moving away from me saying what I'm about to say. So what we're going to give Show Me the Funny? <laughs> we, we, we are going to now go into a discussion of how comedy competitions aren't fairly stacked. And they never will be because you can't... I don't know. I'm not going into that debate. But Especially I, if it's voted by the audience. It doesn't make any sense at all. Anyway, what do you want to give? Can I just point out, it's worked for you in the past. Like, uh, I'm not, not pointing that out. We're glossing <laughs> over that when you beat me. Yep. At this at this point, once. But I'm not counting the last time. Yeah, but the last time, when you did beat me, it was an impre- it was in front of a lot of people. <laughs> oh, now, now the truth comes out. <laughs> well, it, it's every... not the truth. It happens. I was there. No, well, every time since, it's been diminishing audience members. <laughs> yeah. But I keep so, winning. What does that say? What so, does that say? So, what do you want to give Tough Gig? Uh, I want to give it 1752. 1752. Yes, I think that is a very good score. Good. I, I it is a very that. good score. It is a very good score. Thank so, you. let's lock it in. Locked in at 1752, it is tough gig. So, any final words, Trev? Yeah, see you next week. Let's not call me Trev. (laughs) I'm out of character. Buy tickets to Adder. It says work in progress. It says work in progress, but it's progressed a lot. So, bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.